Welcome to Advancing Word with Dr. T.D. Stubblefield. In chapter 55 of Isaiah, verse 11, God tells the prophet, So will my word be which goes out of my mouth. It will not return to me void without accomplishing what I desire and without succeeding in the matter for which I sent it. Standing on this promise, T.D. Stubblefield Ministries is committed to sharing biblical principles with individuals, families, churches, communities, and our world, believing that only the Word of God can advance us in God's perfect plan for our lives, where we can experience liberating faith, lasting hope, and unconditional love in a relationship with the Lord and Savior, Jesus Christ. Here is Dr. T.D. Stubblefield with today's Advancing Word. We began a series of sermons from the 21st chapter of the Gospel of John. We were able to preach the first part of that series. Today we return to John 21 as we look at part two of our series. I'm pretty sure at this point there will be a part three next Sunday. We want to preach again from the theme, The Blessing Beyond the brokenness. We were able to engage this passage at least on three levels. First of all, on the level of human experience, on the experiential level, the level of which we all are related in the human family, in the fabric of our humanity. And what I suggest to you then, and I reiterate today, is that all of the B's that are in the theme, blessing, beyond, and brokenness, are parts and parcels of the Christian journey. At any one point in time in our lives, or even simultaneously, we are experiencing blessing, or we are going through seasons of brokenness, Are we are in rapt anticipation, in prayerful anticipation, thinking about when the storm is going to pass over? I can't stand up here and tell you that every day is going to be sunny. This may be a day of wonderful blessing and joy and celebration for you. And if it is, you ought to be thankful. And so whether blessing or whether brokenness, we always are stretching toward the beyond, recognizing that God is in charge. God has a way of using brokenness. He has a way of using our trials and our tribulations to get us where he wants us to go. It was not for some of us during the season of blessing that we learned how to pray. It was when we were going through a time of brokenness that we really learned how to pray and really learned how to call on the name of the Lord. Whatever our brokenness is, whatever that season is, whether it's brokenness because of failure, brokenness because of sin, perhaps sin we've inflicted upon ourselves, brokenness because of relational rupture, whatever it is, God has a way of recycling our brokenness and turning it into a blessing. Song I love so much, the words say, if I never had a problem, I wouldn't know God could solve. 
when I saw it on the bookshelf a few months ago. I had to buy it because it had been out of print for a number of years. Dr. M.R. DeHaan, who is the founder of the Radio Bible Class, he wrote a book a few years ago called Broken Things. Broken Things. A man who came to Christ, who came to ministry out of medical profession who had saw suffering, who had saw sickness and seen how God uses, even in the spiritual realm, our brokenness to bless us. John 21, 15 through 17 is one of the most endearing passages in all the word of God. It is about Peter who had experienced, and I don't have time, you can study it on your own, but he had experienced not only blessing great blessing, but also great brokenness. And it was Peter who said to the Lord shortly before his arrest, shortly before his passion, his crucifixion, all the other disciples will forsake you, but not me. And when the test came, he could not even stand up as he was warming his hands by the enemy's fire. He could not even stand up to the questioning and interrogation of a maid. And then when he had denied the Lord three times before the cock crowed twice, it was at that moment that the Lord glanced at Peter, measured him, measured his insufficiency, his inadequacy, and the word of God says that he wept bitterly. But oh, isn't it awesome how God meets us where we are? In fact, while Peter perhaps thought that his ministry was over, that his service had ended, that he was no more useful in the kingdom of God, when the Lord gets up on that resurrection Sunday, according to Mark's gospel, he tells the disciples, tell the women to tell my disciples and Peter. He said, tell my disciples and Peter to meet me in Galilee. He knew in his omniscient mind that Peter needed he, he didn't just need a group invitation. He needed a personal invitation in order for the restoration to begin. It is obvious when we read John chapter 21 and this particular passage that the interaction, the rendezvous was designed providentially to meet Peter, to connect with him at his point of need. There's so much in this passage that for Peter would have been a reminder of when the Lord first called him to ministry. He met him at his point of failure because he wanted to engage Peter's guilt. God knows where we live. He knows where each and every one of us is living and he can make a connection. He can make a rendezvous at our point of need. And so the Lord redeems him there. The Lord meets him in a providentially designed rendezvous that's designed to help him reconfigure his past and move beyond his failure. So in the first message, what we wanted to show you is that for Peter to move from brokenness to blessedness and for us to move, God has to redeem our past. But the second thing that the Lord did to move him from brokenness to blessedness is the Lord rekindled his passion. He did not just redeem and reconfigure his past. What we read today remind us that the Lord rekindled his passion. Lord had to rekindle Peter's passion. 
And he does it by asking these questions because ultimately our passion for ministry, our passion for life must come from a transcendent source. He says, Peter, actually Simon, son of Jonah, do you love me? And Peter responds. He asked him the second time, do you love me? And Peter responds. He asked him the third time, do you love me? The passion Issue sometimes has to do with three carrots that emerge from this text. Sometimes our loss of passion has to do with the fact, based on this text and based on the possible interpretations of things that can squelch and diminish our passion. The first time the Lord asked him, he says, do you love me more than these? And expositors and interpreters have wrestled with this down through the centuries. And one of the interpretations is, Peter, do you love me more than your fishing boats? Do you love me more than your fishing vocation? Because after his failure, after his fall, Peter had returned to fishing. And when the Lord meets him in this occasion or in this scene, Peter and the other disciples are fishing. And the Lord is asking him, some believe, do you really love me more than stuff? Do you love me more than things? Do you love me more than your job? Do you love me more than your fishing prophets? Have you not forgotten that I called you from fishing and said no longer will you be fishers according to the commercial sort, but you will be fishers of men? Do you really love me? I want to suggest to you that one of the passion breakers, one of the passion busters in ministry is when we get too preoccupied with stuff. He says, Peter, do you love me? Some said the emphasis when he says, do you love me more than these? He's talking about his stuff. He's talking about his career. He says, are you willing to forsake that and follow me? And then the next current of interpretation is that when he says these, he's saying, do you love me more than the other disciples? Sometimes our passion can be broken because of displaced affection. Sometimes in order to serve the Lord, there has to be some relational ruptures. We have to change the crowd that we're hanging out with. You have that story, for instance, in Acts chapter 3 of this brother who had supposedly four friends who bought him every day to the gate of the temple called Beautiful. But one day he was sitting there, he was begging for alms, and Peter and John comes by and said, silver and gold we don't have, but such as we have in the name of Jesus will you get up and walk. I suggest to you that this man had four friends who didn't carry him far enough, who did not re-energize his passion. Sometimes our passion is broken by misplaced affection because we have not ruptured, we have not sabotaged relationships that are detrimental to our being all that the Lord would have us to be. And then another carrot of interpretation is that this could mean, do you really love me more than they do? Misinformed appraisal. You know, when Peter made this boast that everybody else would forsake you, Lord, but not me, I'm going to stay, they're going to go. He was basing his appraisal, his assessment on what other people do. Sometimes our service to the Lord is inhibited. Sometimes our ministries are stifled because we are looking at what other folk do. Peter says, I love you. I won't forsake you. These others will, but I won't. We can't compare ourselves to what others do. 
Because every one of us is different. And you know what I love about the law is that he always grades on a curve. I don't know about you. You might not need a curve, but I need a curve. He always grades on a curve. He knows how down sitting. He knows how uprising. He knows our thoughts from afar. He knows where we're weak. He knows where we're strong. He says, Peter, do you really love me more than they do? When we start measuring ourselves by what other people are doing or not doing, it becomes a misinformed appraisal and it becomes a passion breaker. If you're really serving the Lord, you can't sing and teach and pray just because you feel like it. It has to be something more driving you and me. We cannot compare ourselves to others. When the question is raised in the text, do you really love me more than these? The carrots of interpretation leads us to recognize that some of the passion breakers in ministry is misplaced affection, misguided ambition, misinformed appraisal. This text also has a passion builder because two things happen in this text. Peter, first of all, the first thing that happened is a explicit conclusion from the text is that Peter was reconnected to the person of Christ. He says, Peter, do you love me? Feed my lambs. Peter, do you love me? Feed my sheep. Peter, do you love me? Feed my sheep. Some say that Jesus is using one word and it is true in the original and Peter's using another word and that it's something more uh, than just a stylistic device. But the evidence is not strong with that because John often used synonyms to express the same focus. The emphasis here is, if you want your passion restored, you and I must have the right response to the question, do you love me? He says, Peter, do you love me? And Peter says, yes, Lord, I love you. He says, Peter, do you love me? He says, yes, I love you. If we want our passion built, we must have a relationship to a transcendent soul. We must be able to answer in the affirmative, yes, I love you. I ask you the question, as we talk about moving from brokenness to blessedness, do you love him? Every one of us ought to be able to say, yes, I love him. We ought to be able to say it because he first loved us. Peter had a lot of reasons why to say, Lord, I love you. He seen what the Lord done, how he healed the sick, how he given sight to the blind, and how on Calvary's cross he died for him. He saw how the tomb was empty on that first Sunday morning. And then he heard the message from the women, tell my disciples and Peter to meet me in Galilee. Peter had his reasons. If you ask me why I love him, I have some reasons this morning. I love him because he loves me. I love him because he found me sinking deep in sin, far from the peaceful shore. I love him. I love him because the word of God tells me while I was still a sinner, Christ died for me. I love him. I love him because he woke me up this morning. I love him because I woke up with the right operation of my mind and body. I love him because he called me to preach his word. Is there anybody here the Lord has been good to? He says, Peter, do you love me? You ought to put your name in that sentence this morning and answer that question, do you love him? I love him because can't nobody do me like Jesus. I love him because he's an on-time God. He may not come when you want him, but he's always on time. I love him because he still answers prayer. He was reconnected to the person 
of Christ. But he was also re-energized by the power of Christ. When you look at this chronology of the Gospel of John in the context of the other writings of the New Testament, it's obvious that something else happened to renew Peter's passion. If I could flip forward just a few days after this experience, Lord Jesus, after tabernacling with his disciples for 40 days, you know what he does? He ascends back to heaven on a cloud. And before he goes, he says to the disciples, why stand you tarrying here? He says, you shall receive power after the Holy Ghost has come upon you. And then you shall be witnesses of me in Jerusalem, Judea, Samaria, and the uttermost parts of the world. And there in the upper room, the disciples began a 10-day prayer marathon. And they prayed through the first, second, third, fourth, fifth day. Sixth, seventh, eighth, ninth day they prayed. But the word of God says on the 10th day, something happened. There was a sound of a rushing mighty wind. And it was a sound of the Holy Spirit coming down in cloven tongues of fire. And you have to read that story again. But you know, if it is you and me on the program committee, we would have never selected the Apostle Peter to preach the inaugural sermon on the day the church caught on fire. But when the Holy Spirit descended, all the disciples were re-energized. And on that day, Peter stood up and preached the word of God. If you want to know what another passion builder is, other than being reconnected to the person of Christ. I'm a witness here this morning that you can build passion by being re-energized by the Spirit of Christ. And on the day of Pentecost, the Holy Spirit filled the disciples. And Peter stood up and preached the gospel. And the word of God said that 3,000 folk got saved. Do I have a witness here? Because he was energized with God's Holy Spirit. I thank God for his Holy Spirit. I thank God for the passion that wells up inside of us. I'm so glad that the Lord meets us at our points of brokenness. When other people would write us off. When we would write ourselves off. The Lord comes by our place of dwelling. And he picks us up and he turns us around. And he gives us a new beginning. Peter stood up and preached the grace gospel. And you know why he could preach grace? He could preach grace because he had experienced grace. He knew what it meant to fall down. He knew what it meant to be by himself. He knew what it meant to be straddled by guilt. He knew what it meant to need a savior to wash your sins away. If you're here this morning and you're in the midst of a broken experience, I want you to know that God is prepared to recall you to his service. God is prepared to recall you to his ministry. He can recall you to that marriage. He can recall you to prosperity. But you and I have to let go and let God. He's able to meet us where we are. I'm so glad the Lord asked Peter that question because we need to ask that question of ourselves each and every day. Do you love me? We spend our lives trying to love God like he loves us. And no matter how hard we try, we'll never be able to love him like he loves us. But he still loves us anyhow. Does he love you? He loves you so much. 
He died on a cross. He loved us so much, he died on a Calvary's cross. And early Sunday morning, he got up with all power in his hand. He will rekindle our passion. He will redeem our past. He can move us from brokenness to blessedness. You have been listening to Advancing Word with Dr. T.D. Stubblefield. We pray that you have been encouraged with what your ears have heard and your hearts have felt. Explore our website at tdstubblefield.org for more information about us and to obtain resources provided by T.D. Stubblefield Ministries. Until next time, be blessed and remember to stop stressing and start stepping, advancing in faith, hope, and love by reading and applying the Word of God so you can stand on certain truth for uncertain times.